great to have you here. I had decided I wanted to get into events. Don't rush into anything. Left university and pretty much went straight into it. It's just got to happen. So do what you need to to make it happen. I've, I've never been one to follow rules. We've spent a lot of time together, haven't <laughs> yes, we? we have. Always keeping up with trends and fads. How do you manage that, the expectations versus the reality of budgeting? It's always insightful to get a gauge as to what their their reference point is with budget. Pre-COVID, I didn't know what Zoom was. You know, everything is done to a higher level. That detail, Jeremy and the band and the guys will go into, by definition, makes our life easier. There's levels and levels, and that comes in the detail. Hello and welcome to this, our final episode of season one of The Secret World of Events, a view from the top. And I'm delighted to be joined by one of the UK's most successful event photographers, Blake Ezra. Blake is a hugely talented and well-respected photographer who not only photographs some of the most fabulous events you've ever seen, but also has a portfolio that includes celebrities, dignitaries and royalty. Welcome, Blake. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, great to have you on The Secret World of Events. I couldn't do a season one without having, without having you on. Where did, um, where did photography start for you? Photography, so it's weird. You know, sometimes things are always there and you never know they're there until you look back and realise it with hindsight. So I definitely was the one out of all my friends who, who had the camera. You know, there's always one in a group, um, pre-phones, pre-camera phones. And professionally, it kind of started when I wanted to be a news photographer. I woke up one day and said, I want to be a news photographer. So no formal training? No formal training. In the middle of a Middle Eastern studies degree, I thought, okay, I want to be a news photographer and actually communicate messages to lots of people through visuals. Um, So messages can be communicated by words or by pictures. And I thought actually the power of communicating an entire story in one picture is, is incredible. So no training. No formal education in that space and um, lots of uh, chutzpah, lots of oomph, lots of drive. And um, that, that was what I wanted to do. So you started in news photography and that's, yeah. that's for a whole nother. I mean, in fact, let's get out of the way. You did a show called Secret Human. world of something else. No, yeah. you did a show called Human, didn't you? I did. Uh, during yeah. lockdown, which covered basically your career as a news photographer and some amazing stories. And if you want to see that, you know, Google human Blake Ezra and you'll find that somewhere online. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty special. But in terms of event photography, how did you sort of pivot into, into that world? So I was doing news photography full time and taking on certain little private commissions for anybody who asked. And there was somebody I'd worked with for a few years photographing something for them. And they approached me. They, they said, look, can we, can we go and get a coffee? Um, I'm getting married next year. I, you know, I'm sure your photography is okay. It was kind of that sort of praise level. I'm sure photography is fine, but I've seen how you are with people. And I really know that we want you around us on our wedding day. Could, would you photograph our wedding? We know that's not what you do. And um, so I agreed to do it and had no idea what I was doing. Thank you, Donna and Mark, for uh, taking a massive gamble. No idea what I was doing. And it kind of spiraled from there. As you know, that can, that can happen and word gets out. And um, I had these delusions of photographing news and corporate things during the week and then private events at the weekend, which doesn't happen because you need to be dedicated to one or the other, really. Um, and it just grew from there, private, private events. So what is it now that it's, I mean, it's the mainstay of your business. Of course, you do do other things as well, but pretty much it would probably account for how, what percentage of your time would you say is sort of events and events related? I would say over 60 65, 70 maybe. 
And the other stuff you do is more corporate-related? It's corporate and portraiture and, uh, yeah, all sorts of different things for companies, new image libraries, studio work, celebrity portraits, editorials. Uh, so so it, it is definitely the majority, but there are many other things that, that come into what goes into my month or my week. Now, we've got a library of images that we're going to share with people in just a minute. Um, I want to sort of go into some of the sort of specifics around events and how you work with your clients, uh, because photography is a very big field. There are very many people out there um, and it's it's a big place to compete with. What do you think sort of sets you apart, perhaps from other photographers in terms of style or how you deal with clients? Why should people you know, choose to work with you? So it's funny because sometimes people come into meetings with me and they ask that question. And um, I've been known to flippantly ask them whether my mum is in the room because, you know, if you want somebody to say that I'm the best thing in the world, that's not me, that's my mum. So so I don't have a good answer. Again, I mean, I don't know how everybody else works. There are certain things in background and approach that I know that I bring to what I shoot. So I think actually I'm really thankful for that couple of years of doing – news photography and editorial things and actually all of that training that came in um, that really does mean that I don't feel a lot of pressure. I mean, you know, we've been in an, enough events together we and have, stood, yeah. um, you know, stood during a wedding ceremony or stood during, you know, before a big entrance of someone into a room and, and, you know, pressure doesn't really come to me. I think once you photograph riots and situations whereby your your, your life is under threat, um, photographing events is, is is a joy and a pleasure the one thing i will say about working with you and we do have the pleasure of working with you a lot throughout the years is you are calmness personified it doesn't matter what is going on and by the way some weddings can turn into a bit of a riot uh, you know it does get very stressful outside of um outside of us but you're always very very calm how do you sort of keep that calmness when everything else sometimes can be falling apart around you so I think um, it's funny, it's certainly specifically at weddings, I see my, my role as, um, you know, the photography is a bonus. My job is to be the calmest person in any room. And and I think I am, you know, I think there's there's a few things. Firstly, you can only as a photographer or, you know, probably also as a videographer, you can only do what you can do. So we are tied by certain circumstances and timings and spaces and personalities and things that sometimes work for you and things that sometimes don't. And of course, you can mold those situations in the best way you can. You can prepare as best as you can. But sometimes you can only do what you can do. And I think there's a there's a realization in that, you know, there's a bride who is feeling hugely anxious and hugely stressed. The last thing they need is a photographer saying, come on, we've got to get these shots. and We've got to get, you know, I, th- I think really it's about reading a room reading the people around you, being there for what they need and doing the best you can to get the best out of them. So, Would you say there's um, different styles of photography around sort of yourself? Do, do you sort of, are you known for one sort of style? I mean, I feel when I look at your images, I feel that the post-production of the image is as important as the the, the composition of the shot itself. Mm. And I think you're very much known for, well, certainly for, with me for that. But from your mind's eye, is that something you look to achieve? It's not necessarily something I look to achieve. I think we all create things in a way that we find to be the best thing at that time, right? Whether that's a writer writing something, a photographer taking a picture, you know, we all have ideals as to how things should be done. Um, for me, it's not necessarily something I look to achieve, although they're, they're looking through them, actually, there clearly is a style, which I've always said there isn't, but clearly there is. I think that a lot of the events that I shoot are difficult to shoot, likewise. And, you know, we're in London, we're indoors a lot, right? Certainly in the winter months, but even in the summer months, we're indoors. And you have to be 
not only very knowledgeable about how to light certain things, but you know, a a wedding in the ballroom of a lower ground ballroom of a hotel. Well, let's let's talk about that because oh. that's I know the story you're gonna you're gonna talk about now, and yeah, yeah I think um, it was you know expectation versus reality. So perhaps, you know, we live in a world of Instagram where uh, brides and grooms and families and parents come to us and they say, this, this is what we're looking for. It's what we're looking to achieve. So perhaps mm. I know the story. Tell, tell everybody the story. So I think there is, look, you're right when you say expectation versus reality. And Instagram and Pinterest are not necessarily our friends when it comes to planning an event. So, yeah, I mean, there have been a few, a few occasions over the years. One comes to mind that I know is the one that you're thinking of whereby there was an event held. It was a party and it was held in a, uh, in a London ballroom in one of the top hotels in the world in winter, no natural light whatsoever. And uh, you know, they'd actually styled the room to be very, very dark. That was part of, the, part of the theme, part of the style. I think maybe it was just candle lit or something very dark. And of course, we shoot it in the best way that we can and light it beautifully and do all of these things. And you know, I had assistants running around with certain lights and everything. And when it came to seeing the pictures afterwards, the client showed me um, a photo book from a holiday they'd had in the middle of summer to southern Italy and said, why don't the pictures look like this? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, in daytime, with sunshine, outdoors, on a mountain. And um, I had to explain that actually, you know, I can't make a lower ground floor ballroom in pitch darkness look the same as your summer in Sorrento because they're not the same thing. No, um, it's not apples for apples. Exactly that. And I think sometimes clients say, look, can you shoot like this? Can you shoot like that? And I say nowadays, look, of course, but it's down to also the space, the styling, the theme of what you're doing. It's down to those raw ingredients that photographers need to be able to capture things in a certain way. Yeah. In terms of the sort of collections and packages you offer, um, where where do you sort of sit in terms of, let's take a, a, a wedding, um, a pricing aside, because weddings have different pricing depending on size, etc. I understand that. But what does sort of a, a basic wedding package collection look like for you? What does it include? So it's taken years to get to the point where when we all refine what we do, right? Every year, always, every year, we're always. Always, always refining and what clients need and what clients want and what most people. So I think for me, there's certain things that are really important, specifically with a wedding. You're asking about weddings, specifically with a wedding. The first one is to do a pre-wedding shoot. So that is, for me, pretty much always included and important. It's, it's a Important because you get the opportunity to meet with the clients first, have that informal chat, get a bit of a rapport. Right, 100%. And actually to see them on camera. And I think everyone's different as a person to how they are on camera. Most people are. Some people seize up when they're on camera. Some people really can't express themselves because they get nervous, they get anxious. Some people you can look at and think they're absolutely, truly photogenic and beautiful and they'll have their own hang-ups with yes. some physical feature they might yes. have. Yes, right? I, 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 funnily enough, just remember um, being told by a bride on the morning of her wedding, please, whatever happens, do not shoot me from my left-hand side right. for the whole day, right. which is, is a very difficult thing to do. Bearing <laughs> in mind, it's live very and you're, you know, you're telling everybody to be in position for things, but to not shoot someone from the left is, is a tr tricky. We can deal with it in post-production to sort of right, make sure the angles. Those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, those things, they're so important. Everybody has hang-ups. That's the truth of it. I mean, the majority of people. And then especially when you're looking at a couple, you're thinking, okay, what makes them tick? What's their chemistry? How do they stand when they're together? The first thing I ever do on a pre-wedding shoot is I say, have you guys ever had a moment where you are on holiday or at a wedding and you've asked a friend to take a picture of you? You've given them your phone and you've said, quick, take a picture of us. What happens? Show me what happens. Show me naturally how you fall together. And that's the first thing that we do. So as you know and I know, on a wedding day, the kind of weddings that we shoot are not typically the most relaxed necessarily. There's lots going on and there's lots of uh, demands on the time and the timetable. 
and you're given a very small period of time to photograph the couple and to produce pictures they're going to love for the rest of their life. And hopefully that, you know, future generations will love as well. And I think having had that test run, if you like, to go and do a pre-wedding shoot in a park a few weeks before the wedding or in the place where they got engaged or anything like that, I think it's it's actually priceless to have that test shoot. So yeah. that's something that we'll always include. Let's take a little look, a little walk through some of your photography, because it's up on the screens here for everybody to see. I asked you for a selection of stuff that you were... I'm sure you're proud of every single shot you've taken, but it's hard to narrow that down perhaps to sort of 20 or 30. So we've got a little selection here. Talk me through this image and, and why you sort of sent me this one specifically. So actually before, before we move on from this image, this is, uh, firstly, it's iconic. And uh, the fact that you've got this wonderful wedding ceremony and the chuppah happening right in front of Tower Bridge, I think it's an amazing picture and it says lots of things. So, you know, there's numerous pieces of information in this shot. That's the bride, the groom, the structure, the flowers, Tower Bridge. It places it in the environment, the guests, the so much going on. I think the other thing, and actually I knew that you might ask about this at some point, so I'm going to jump in there as well. And you asked before about what's included in a wedding yes. package yeah. is more than one photographer. Okay. So teams. Teams. Yeah. So this image, if you look very carefully, what you'll see on the left hand side is me. Yes. Which means, ah. which means I didn't shoot this picture. So one of your favourite shots was shot by a member of your team. I mean, but that's the point, isn't it, of having... I mean, way before... When, when I first met you, a photographer was a photographer and he might have an assistant. But I feel like you were one of the first to have a team mm. where it didn't matter whether you were being, whether you could be there or not be there because the strength of your team is so exceptional. And in fact, testimony to that, you remember the job we did in Greece Absolutely. a few years ago. I where, wish I was there. Well, where the client wanted to have a top, top photographer and you weren't available for the shoot. And they scoured literally the whole of Europe looking for a top photographer. And I said, listen, Blake's team is more than capable of, and by the, we work with them and, and the, they couldn't have been happier with their selection. The pictures um, are amazing. The pictures actually. were just incredible. And your team were you know, a dream to work with. I had major FOMO that entire week. I'm sure, major, I'm sure. Major. It, was, it was a fabulous, fabulous few days. So, yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in this picture. I'm doing something else. And a colleague of mine who, um, who actually was a, a photography mentor of mine, somebody who trained me, took this shot. And, um, yeah, I, I, look, I love it as a picture. And I think, actually, you're right, that importance of teams. Certainly at a wedding, the last thing you want is photographers sprinting from one side of the room to the other and causing a, a big scene and a fuss and all that just because they need to cover two angles. It's yeah. much better to have somebody quietly here, somebody quietly here, and just to make sure that you can tell as much of the story as you can. We could do a whole episode on uh, photographers running around and you could do a whole uh, episode on videographers getting in your way. Something which I'm proud to say doesn't necessarily happen uh, between us because that's the the value of having people that sort of know each other well. Absolutely. And even if there's two teams, actually, we're just one team serving the best purpose for the client. Exactly. Let's move on to the next image. Uh, here we go. And beautiful wedding. Where Where is this? So this is in a venue called uh, Chateau Saint-Georges in, uh, in the south of France. And very beautiful place. It's quite iconic. It's known for the tower. Yeah. So... This was the first dance, and you've got a few lovely details in there through these kind of outdoor hanging chandeliers. I wanted to make sure that I framed it in a way that really places the shot. So with the first dance, you can shoot very, very close up and get that very intimate shot. Or sometimes you can shoot wider and you can see what's going on around the place. And I know that this tower was part of this couple's wedding invitation. Like it was a really it iconic was a thing. Play. It yeah. was a thing. It was a thing. So... Um, there we are in darkness. We'd set up remote control lighting around the sides of the dance floor, which actually hit perfectly on, on the bride's face on this one. And, um, you know, sometimes things have to go for you. So obviously I'm in position and I'm ready and prepared and 
compositionally everything set, light-wise everything set. Equally, the couple could have faced the other way for 90% of the time. Yeah, so it's all live. It's all live. Nobody's all live. No, no director standing there saying, cut. Exactly that. Everybody I think moves. This, this has three, um, kind of three pillars of everything that I try and do and, and that, that I think all good photographers try and do in pictures. Number one is composition. I think the composition's really solid. They're right in the middle. You look straight towards her face and it's, you know, even the building behind, it's all it's all kind of yeah, composed it's all beautifully yeah um and the light and the moment it's a great moment it is let's look at the next one i love this shot this mm. is beautiful so this is grandma blessing her granddaughter just before she was about to go and get married um, the granddaughter getting married not the grandmother yeah sure and um it's just a real real moment and actually this picture this could be on a wall in a gallery is how i look at this picture mm. For me, and by the way, the fact also that it's in black and white and you, you played the contrast a little just feels to me just gallery. It's full gallery of feeling. Shot. It's yeah. full of feeling. Full of I emotion. That, that is, you know, sometimes all a picture needs is feeling. I think this has other things going for it too, but it's got so much feeling in it that that's, that's the absolute crux of this. Um, and I'll tell you that picture, I don't know whether I should fully admit this, but I will fully admit this because, you know, I'm talking to Gav. And yeah. This is full disclosure time. Yeah. It's not a hundred percent in focus. Okay, and you probably can't see that on the screen, but it's not. 100%. I can't see with my glasses from here. Well, there we go. And um, it's not. And actually, sometimes like that, that really is okay. We live in this digital era of everything being perfectly super pin sharp and digitally focused and everything else. And sometimes something like that, like it's actually okay that it's ever so slightly not, and it's got real feeling and depth to it, and it's got so much that it's one of my favourites. Well. Yeah. Well, I think it's one of your favourites also because you're a thinker. You know, I, you know, I, I, as we know each other well, you, you are a thinker, you are a writer as well. You mm -hmm. do a, a, a lots of writing yeah. and it's something you'd maybe like to sort of focus on in the future. But I think that sort of comes through for me in your photography as well, that you're a thinker. Let's have a look at the next one. Ah, it's a, another gorgeous big wide room shot from above. Mm. Sorry that we've popped ourselves across the left of it. Where was this? <laughs> we are. This was at um, Old Billingsgate. Uh, of course, I, I think I recognise there is the pillars. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. So I think, you know, again, storytelling. And we would have had a photographer right at the front. In fact, I think you can probably see a photographer right at the front there. Yeah. Um, if we look, uh, you know, very, very carefully, we can see a photographer right at the front. And at that point, I took myself off upstairs. I knew that my team had things covered downstairs. And I knew that actually this kind of shot was absolutely key to telling the story of the evening. And, you know, when you look through a collection of pictures, what I want my clients to see is I want them to see everything from the tiny details of a close up of people holding hands all the way through to a shot like this that probably has a hundred people in the picture yeah. where you're really storytelling. And at that moment, you know, we again, it's is it luck? I don't know. You make your own luck in some ways. But the fact that the bride and groom are having such a beautiful moment together in the light there, I mean, I probably took you know 200 clicks of the camera to get this one so maybe it's not like and this comes back to strength of the team as well because if you are um an event photographer mm. and you're down amongst the guests typically you're thinking do i have time to rush upstairs do what happens if something goes on down here absolutely and i know sometimes when we turn up at events and maybe there's three photographers and potentially a, a large one three videographers uh, very important that, the, and I feel that the teams know each other and understand each other mm -hmm. for exactly these types of reasons, because you can spread yourself. You, you can tap me on the shoulder and say, can we just move the videographers to a wider position, please? Just for a minute, there's a shot I want to do. And hey, it's no problem because yeah. we're all there kind of, you know, as I said, yeah. working for that greater good. Here's another wonderful shot. Again, all feeling, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's is—it's a real moment. And I remember, actually, at the end of the, this wedding day was was particularly notable because, uh, for, for, honestly, for loads of reasons. But I remember I got to the venue 
uh, super early, you know, 8am or something like that. And we were still shooting with the bride and groom at another venue after the wedding. We were still shooting until about 4am. Oh, wow. uh, Doing some amazing portraits of them. So it was a very, very long day, an amazing day, but a long day. I wasn't tired at the end because we were actually buzzing, myself and my team, who were still there at at 4am. And I remember actually getting back home at whatever it was, half five, six o'clock in the morning the next day and going through the pictures immediately. And I saw this and it just struck me like it's such a strong moment. And actually, there's not loads of context in this picture. You can't see what the bride's looking at. No, it's just a face of joy, isn't it? Right. Yeah, right. It really is. And, and you know, there's something very powerful in taking something that, that passes, these moments that pass and, and capturing it. And it lives on. And it's for me, it's such a powerful thing. Moving on, here's, here's a, well, the famous stamping your foot down uh, on a glass at a mm. Jewish ceremony. Uh, where was this one, Blake? So this was in France. This was the same couple as the, the Tower, yep. the first dance with the Tower. And I think what I love about this, there's a few things, actually. The first one is... The concentration on getting the foot in the right place? Exactly wow, that. yeah. The concentration. Nobody's looking at the camera, which I love. There's obviously the timing of this shot is is perfect. Um, you know, I clearly took a few clicks either side of this Absolutely. shot being clicked, but um, the timing's great. And I think also what happens, and, and we've both been in these situations before, is this shot is not a given. For anybody who is photographing or filming a Jewish wedding, there's absolutely nothing to say that you will achieve a picture of the bride or the groom smashing a glass because anything can happen. Anything it's can a happen. live event. You know, I've had it before where the glass has been placed down in front of the groom and they're singing just before that happens and everyone's in position and I'm crouching on the floor and we're all ready and everyone's set. And at that exact moment, you know, family members come up to give a blessing and, and stood six inches away from the bride and groom and then the glass has been smashed and nobody's caught that on camera. Nothing's a given. I take nothing for granted at all. So actually to have this where the rabbi and and the chazan stand slightly to the side and you've got not only that moment completely unobstructed, but you've got the beautiful chuppah around it. It's a very rare shot, actually. It is, absolutely. Let's, uh, it's a beautiful image. Love the flowers there. Mm. I remember this wedding. This was, cool. this was, this was Carly this and Jonathan. our first ever wedding together? I think it was our first ever wedding together. I think it was. Yeah, Carly and Jonathan. And we did a pre-shoot and an interview in Hyde Park. That's right, we did. A beautiful and the dress shot. fitting. We did the dress we fitting did. together in yeah. Chelsea. Didn't fit either of us, no, unfortunately. Sadly, and it so, definitely no. wouldn't now. Uh, beautifully, the lighting. So I do love this shot. Do you remember which room this was taken in? It was at the Dorchester. Do you remember which room? Well, I'm going to tell you. Ten years ago, I would have remembered because my brain tells once I, got, once I got past 50, I can't remember the details Gone. of a room. Gone. Gone. Where was so it? So the downstairs room, not the piano, but next to there. Okay. In there. So um, I don't, the name of it escapes me yeah. now, but the scene looked nothing like this. Well, that room is completely bland and it's usually got boxes and, and other there were bits boxes. And all the lights were on. Yeah. It was full of people. Um, the bride happens to take a seat just in front of the window. And as I say, she was fully lit. It was like that. It was, it was a fully light, bright Daylight room. shot. And what I did, and actually I was quite proud of this one at the time, was, uh, you know, like the kind of room dividers, the concertina yeah, room yeah, dividers. Sure. So I hid half the camera lens behind one of those, the left-hand side of the camera yeah, lens I can is see hidden that behind now. a room divider. And essentially just exposed just for the absolute highlights in the shot. So made the entire shot as dark, dark as, as it could be, yeah. knowing that actually that little bit of light is just going to come and light up just the veil, the side of the face, if Carly looked this way, which thankfully she did. Again, luck, maybe. Um, and it was one of those. It looked nothing like... And for me, Blake, this. this is why I love you. This is why when I look at your photography or when clients ask about photographers at various different levels, because, you know, you can't put everybody forward for every level. Everyone has different budgets. But in, in the, the budget that you are, top tier, 
the quality of photography, the thought and thinking that goes behind your shots, I feel is what I feel is what stands you apart. Thank you. Um, and that's a, just a, a perfect example of of thoughtfulness, thinking, the moment. I mean, that is a brightly exposed. I know exactly the room with all the windows from Park Lane flooding yeah, in. Blandly lit, yeah. brightly exposed. I mean, I think you know that you, you mentioned just you know thought and thinking and and and, and that process. And yeah. I think actually sometimes I'm telling photographers, look, slow down. Don't be, what's it called, run and gun. Don't run just and go gun. around and slow down. And actually, sometimes you'll see me quite often probably walking around events with, you know, with a face that's actually just concentrated. Or I'm do you remember with the crystal? I'm, tired. I'm just looking. Do you remember you walking around with the crystal with the glass you used to put up in front of oh, your yeah, camera lens? I still do, grabbing yeah. all sorts of stuff to put yeah. in front of the lens. <laughs> wow. Flying high. Flying high. So again, a risk. And this was, the, once again, this was, this was abroad, a beautiful destination wedding. And just before all of the the Jewish dancing was going to start and everything was going to kick off and go mad. And again, we've spoken already today about strength of team and risky shots and what allows you to go into certain places. I decided to go up the tower that I was mentioned before yeah. and shoot the Jewish dancing from up the tower on a long lens looking down. And it was a complete risk. I can admit that now. I knew that I had my colleague down on ground level and yeah. I'd already briefed him and said, look, I'm going to go and shoot from up there. You need to cover this, this and this on the kind of the more expected shots in that sense that the bride and groom know, know that they're going to have. And it was a total risk. And I knew that there were certain things that I'd be able to achieve from up there that, that are rare because you can't do that in most venues. And you can't do that in you know any normal ballroom or anything like that. I mean, I was way above the action. And thankfully, this happened. And even more thankfully... I managed to nail the focus of the shot yeah. and get the right context and everything else. And it's actually a shot that, again, just it stands out because it is so rare. You don't you don't see that. The one thing I do know about having worked with you for many years is a lot of the detail of the planning is so meticulously done prior. Mm. Your notes are comprehensive. I know that when we've done certain jobs together, we have lots of meetings prior mm. where we run through the running order, talk about who's going to be where. Uh, usually at the, these events, because I'm not holding a camera, I may be the contact point to tell my team and your team at the same time if there's a slowing down, if something's happening, if someone's moving outside. But the planning is so important, isn't it, for photography and film? It is. I think, you know, when you click, it's, it's, it's almost the end of the process. There's so much that goes in before, whether that's kind of, you know, gently manipulating a certain situation to be in a certain place or whether that's the planning and timings. And, you know, as you said, you know, you're not really holding a camera on these events. So you're, you take that director role. Yeah. Whereas I kind of take the director role as well as being a primary photographer. So for me, it's it's just key that my notes are so ridiculously detailed that none of my team at any point need to ask me anything. I mean, I remember specifically maybe one of the last weddings uh, that, that certainly we did was uh, a few months ago in Scotland, which we did together, yeah. meticulously planned, amazing, amazing wedding uh, with uh, Ruby J, uh, which was incredible. But the planning of detail over that weekend, the, the strength of the teams that we put out just means that the client ends up with incredible photography, a film that they'll you know treasure for the rest of their lives. Mm. And we come away saying, job well done. Well, that's it. And actually, job well done. It never, you know, I, it's funny, as much as we plan, you know, man plans, God laughs, right? Yeah. As much as we plan, I find that, you know, certainly at a wedding, nothing ever goes completely to plan. Of course that doesn't not. happen. It's live, yeah. It's live, but you can plan as well as possible and you can, you can look at certain circumstances and really try and plan as much as you can. I think with that one, you know, for me, for me, wherever I am, I have to be able to switch off from what's going on elsewhere. Because if I am primary photographer at an event and whoever I'm with, that needs to be my focus in terms of the room, as well as pulling certain strings and talking to the planner and working out certain things behind the scenes. But yeah, for that reason, everyone needs to know their, their job and their brief and their shot lists and as really as much as they can. Where was this one? This was, uh, this was a, a, a 
Giant's Marquee in Hertfordshire, actually. It was a seven-day Indian wedding. Amazing. And as part of the Indian wedding, there is a process where the bride, who has lived with her family until that point, essentially says goodbye to them and leaves the venue and the family will kind of almost flank either side towards the door um, and it never fails to be to be emotional yeah that's the truth of it i think this is made by certain things i know that we're slightly over it on the left but the her first cousin shedding a tear on the left with a tissue to yeah. her face is beautiful and this is gorgeous. grandpa saying goodbye i mean look at this i know sorry we're covering up your photography Ooh, good. We this was uh, this is babington house yeah beautifully backlit shot lots of smoke and atmosphere i mean the lighting of these events um People just assume we walk into a room, take out cameras and everything's all good. But I know um, if you hold up an iPhone in any one of these rooms mm. and you took a picture, it would just be a blur of blue or overexposed, you know, Absolutely. pink. Yeah. So to get these shots is something special. It's not easy. That's the truth of it. And actually, sometimes the more production and the more lighting that goes into it. I mean, room, that's a, I remember that room. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, the more production and lighting that goes into a room, sometimes sometimes the more difficult it is for us because yeah. you have to overpower that or you have to Well, work that's a classic that, example. Know? That very strong, harsh LED pink mm -hmm. doesn't work well with cameras necessarily, does no. it? No, yeah. exactly. So that has been, you know, it's been edited to a to a pleasant level. Yeah. Um, we'll oh, we've showed this before, Strictly Charlotte. Uh, one of my favourite photographs. This was incredible. I love this. That was Claridge's. Uh, okay. I'll take a picture of the shadows. Absolutely. I mean, this was... Uh, the, the lovely thing about this, and this is, again, as they're marching in the groom, this is an Indian wedding, marching in the groom with drums going and flares coming off and everything going mad, is I just thought that it was a unique angle. And actually to, to and I suppose that's, weirdly enough, harping back to my days of literally photographing riots, crime scenes, all that kind of stuff, is that in the madness of everything, I think there's still unique angles to get, not just what's expected. Yeah, absolutely. It's another beautiful sort of looking room shot. We've show, we featured this as also Claridge's, isn't it? That was mm. uh, a lovely ballroom the by Beverly White Hills Paper, Hotel, Beverly Hills Hotel. This little secret venue, I will admit, hands up, I have used it for a video shoot as well. But um, yeah, uh, so talk me through this one. This is this is Izzy's bat mitzvah quite many years ago. I think she's approaching 19 now. Wow. Time flies. Yeah. But this was a great venue, great location. It was. This was a pre-shoot for her bat mitzvah. So again, we've spoken about weddings and doing a pre-shoot. I do the same for bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. And I think actually what it does is it allows us to produce a set of portraits, A, that can be used on the night on screens or save the dates or anything like that. But B, that just kind of marks the time in their life, yeah. marks that period of time in their life, which I think is really important. And so we wanted to do some cool portraits with Izzy, and I had this location in mind that was a secret location in the middle of nowhere. It's a literally slightly, abandoned, slightly dodgy, building. abandoned place. Yep. And so there we went with all of my studio lighting and with flares and smoke flares and all sorts of stuff. And I just think it's a super cool shot. I mean, yeah. I, I, I look at pictures in a certain way. I look at them as either I place myself in them or I place family in them. Or, and I just think, you know, if I had that or if a kid had that or one of my kids had that, would I be happy with it? And I just think, actually, it's it's a really cool, quite unusual picture. Well, I know that's definitely ended up on the wall of, um, of Izzy's house. There we go. Um, as a, the outside as a, wall. I as, hope, a, the as a big, as a very big. But there's another one. that When I work with you, I'm sometimes, and I see the photography, uh, my jaw drops for... All sorts of reasons. And this is one which actually you didn't send me. I, I pulled out of our archive. Oh, go on. Because this shot, I think, is unbelievable for all the right reasons. So this was Ben, Ben's bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. And I believe the story is you turned up to do a photo shoot. And, of course, Ben's parents are expecting him to put on his suit and, yes. and have a lovely shoot. And he was just, ha in a very nice way, he loves football. And he was having none of it. So the sun was setting and you did what? 
So <laughs> it's a cool shot. It's a cool shot. Which is also on a giant acrylic in their yes, homes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what did we do? I think first, yeah, Ben wanted to be in his football kit. And I thought, well, that's, that's, that's amazing, right? So again, we had time. There was time scheduled in on another day to go and do pictures of him in a synagogue and to have pictures of him at his party. And I thought, again, it's a time in their life, right? And, and, and as you know, having kids, it, it moves very quickly. So if this is the time in his life. And if he's in his Tottenham kit playing football in his garden every afternoon. And that's what he loves to do. That is what we should be doing. And that's yeah. what we should be focusing on. So again, looking back at experiences that I've had in the past like I've done sports shoots for different companies and, and different advertising agencies and things like that so I just wanted to actually produce something that was up there and could be used with a professional sporting company you know it could be a Nike advert it could be a whoever it might be and I wanted to produce something that's not inverted commas bar mitzvah photography sure um, but that's actually something else what's the favorite part of any event for you is there a favorite seeing your face there Gav. oh that's, that's the only one that's usually one of my um i uh, yeah i i do get a bit of it we've talked about it in previous episodes event anxiety yeah i i definitely do find i suffer from that a little bit it's, it's a thing i think i think because we are in roles where so many things are out of our control i think it's absolutely natural to have that and i still have it i absolutely have it so um so many things can happen you know and, and i said before you never take anything for granted that you're going to get a certain shot so i mean in terms of my favorite part of an event it it's interesting. I, I always, when I know I've got some shots that my clients will love under my belt, right? When I know that actually yeah, got some winners. things are going okay. Yeah. At that point, I'm enjoying myself, yeah. even if my face may not look like it because I'm walking around concentrating on, on what's the next angle or whatever. But yeah, I think, you know, that and also, as I said before, putting yourself in certain pictures, you know, that picture that you showed before of the grandmother and the and, and the bride, like, I wish I had a picture. Both of my grandmas have passed away, as in, in in recent history. Yeah. I wish I had anything that was a beautiful picture with either of them. Yeah. And, you know, you put yourself into there. And actually, if you're producing something for someone that you would absolutely treasure for yourself, at that point, you, you realise the value in what you're doing. I think for me, the event anxiety really comes out only for me on weddings. And that's because the days are unbelievably long you know, they, they can stop early hours of the morning. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to the hooper at four or five in the afternoon, you've done a day's work and you've got everything to come. I generally tend to breathe once the ceremony is out of the way because of the logistics of everything. Yeah. So we, like yourself, would work with teams to make sure that the person shooting the groom prep doesn't have to beat the groom necessarily to the venue. Someone's at the venue taking care of things. Someone's looking after the bride. That, and that, that, Coming together mm. after the ceremony, knowing that it's all done, for me, I find that's the moment to sort of know we can enjoy the rest of the evening. Because we do enjoy the parties. We do. We yeah. do. But it's interesting. That's that's when you breathe. For me, as soon as... I mean, we're talking specifically in, in this specifically instance about weddings, Jewish weddings, yeah. I suppose. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and when yeah. the photos happen and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not um, English weddings, any other weddings. Uh, yeah. No, no issue at all. It's just the amount of stuff that goes into the Jewish weddings in terms of the length of the day. Yeah, and the timings are super tight. So at that point that the ceremony's finished, all of your team's there and you're breathing, I'm then given 40 minutes to do, you know, 50 family group shots and portraits of the couple that they'll love forever. Well, that's a question from Instagram later. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that one. Celebrities is a thing for you as well. It is. Um, yeah. Not that this is necessarily about events, but I did want to showcase you've shot some very, very famous people across the years, haven't you? Well, it's interesting because I'm not, um, I'm not necessarily massively into, I don't know, for want of a better phrase, celebrity culture myself. No, that's fair right? enough. Yeah. And, and, but yes, maybe that's from photographing a lot of these people over the You even of the last managed to find years. Batman and Robin. I found Batman and Robin. And the Riddler. <laughs> yeah. 
Barack Obama. Barack Obama. So, Outside number 10. Yeah. Um, this was a really interesting day. And with days like this, I mean, this is actually, looking at this picture, it also reminds me why I love events. Because the build-up to this moment was so huge in terms of journeying, in terms of waiting, waiting up on a stepladder for maybe six hours in a pre-marked position, all to have that opportunity of maybe 20 seconds as he gets out of his car, the car that was known as the Beast, remember that? Yes, yes, yes. He gets out of his car and he shook hands with the Prime Minister, it's David Cameron at the time, and walked towards the door, waved and went inside, and that was all over. Speaking of Prime Ministers... Bojo. Yes, Bojo. Many times. Yeah. Um, we were stuck in a lift together once, were myself you? and Bojo. We've been on dance floors together also. It wasn't during lockdown, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't during lockdown. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's great value to photograph, what, yeah. whatever your opinions are or are not on Bojo. He's, yeah. uh, he's, uh, he knows the value of a picture. Now, you mentioned and referenced riots earlier in the conversation. Mm. I think this picture sums up um, chaos. Absolutely. Uh, it could be an event, to be fair. Smoke bombs going off. But where was this? This was Shaftesbury Avenue. So this was, was it 2011? Where there were the, the kind of concerted period of time where there was those, those London riots and the police were understaffed yes. and everyone was getting looted. And I think, from memory, I think 2011. And I was on commission to photograph quite a few different places and quite a few things. And so again, you're photographing people who often don't want to be photographed. So that's a huge level of pressure compared to, let's say, an event, a private event, a wedding where people generally are up for being on camera. And I was on commission for a few days to do that. I actually had, funnily enough, it reminds me, I actually had, it was possibly that first wedding I ever shot the day after this. The day after. And at the point at which a kind of paint splat or something came somewhere near me in my camera lens, I actually thought, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Donna and Mark deserve better. Absolutely. Wow. Um, our now king. Yes. Uh, you've been recently featured across the press as taking some gorgeous shots of, uh, of King Charles. So What's it like to shoot the king? It's... <sighs> It's great to shoot the king, actually. I mean, for me, uh, you know me well enough to know that I very rarely stop and bask in anything, as in, you know, people, are, do you appreciate that? Do you, it's that, you know, you never appreciate a moment until it becomes a memory, right? So when yeah. I'm at an event or when I'm shooting, I'm shooting and I'm concentrating and I'm trying to do the best I can. And, and I very rarely, and again, should I admit this or not? I don't really know. I very rarely, I feel, do the best that I can. As in, there's always something, there's always a reason that makes things tricky or difficult or, or whether that's a lack of time or space or light or permission or whatever it might well, be. You know? li- life isn't perfection. Right. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. And, and, we're and we, aiming, and we we're seek perfection. Yeah. Exactly. We do. We do. So, you know, even in those instances of photographing King Charles and, and many times photographing Prince Charles, you're always trying to achieve something that might not be possible, whether that's because of royal security needing you to be ahead of the game and to be a certain distance away, or whether that's because of people in the room. It could be anything. So it's an absolute privilege to to have photographed him and to continue to do so, that's yeah, for and sure. And of course, you shot his his late mother, Queen Elizabeth II. Many, yeah. many times. This was the first. Um, and it was... What in a privilege. My very massive, massive, massive privilege. And, and you know, you, you appreciate that more now than ever. But it was in my very early days of being a news photographer. And um, long story short, again, you never know what you're going to get, right? You never know exactly whether she may look towards you, whether she may not, whether the sun might come out and ruin the, the, that exact moment. And remember, we're not using automatic settings. Everything's manually done and everything else. You just never quite know. And so in my first kind of two weeks of being a full-time news photographer, that happened. 
And uh, I just remember when I saw the picture and it was really one of the uh, the best moments of my career for sure. Wow. We have asked the audience on our Instagram account, and I know you did as well, to pop in some questions they'd like to ask you because lots of people had questions for you, Blake. Um, this could be a three hour show, to be perfectly honest. Um this is from Ben. Ben is actually one of our, our camera boys, uh, as you know. What's the most magical moment for you at an event? Is there a magical wow. moment? You know what? Without without dodging the question, yeah. I don't think there's one. I think, and actually, the interesting thing about that, and, and the same as you know, I said before, nothing ever goes to plan, right? You can have a shot list, and it could be that a couple of the shots on that shot list are just impossible. They can't be done for whatever reasons out of your control. But what you don't see coming is the other magical ones that you didn't plan on that happen that are actually you know way more powerful than some of those on the list so i don't think there's one extra magical moment um, but i think there can be many yeah um from anry 97 what's the biggest surprise you've ever seen at a party well again that's that's massive i mean we've seen some amazing things i say Unbelievable. we because actually at a lot of the the biggest parties i photograph you've also been there yeah um, from celebrity appearances to, you know, kabuki drops. Kabuki drops, room reveals, yeah, room reveals. room reveals. I mean, at the wedding in Scotland, the groom surprised the bride by getting up and, and singing and playing guitar. That was... Uh, became part of the band. That was yeah, quite amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen, we've seen before all sorts of different people and animals come down the aisle, whether that's, you know, toddlers in kind of a remote control yeah. mini Mercedes or whether that's the dog coming down the aisle with flowers. Next question from uh, Joanna happen how important is the size of the photographer's team i think it's massively important i think it's key and actually there's plenty of times when we won't shoot a certain event without a certain size of team and it might be that a client's been to somebody else who said oh i can do this single-handedly that's fine and then i'm there saying look actually we need three people because you've got three locations and you've got the gallery and you've got all of this i'm looking i'm looking at your timetable and i'm telling you that's what we need and I almost liken it, strangely enough, to, you know, you wouldn't say to the caterers, look, we need you to feed 500 guests, but we only want you to bring one chef. Absolutely. They would tell you how many chefs are needed to create that food to feed those people. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, you know, I don't want everybody to be running around and sprinting around the venue all day. Yeah. We need to be ahead of the game of what's going on. As you know, also, people love an establishing shot. So you want to show the room or you want to show the building, you want to show these things before everyone comes in. Yeah. I think it's key. Um, and I actually think that what it does is it allows me, as we spoke about before, possibly to be the uh, the calmest person in the room, yeah. knowing that certain things are covered. I think when we go and speak to clients initially, and it's, it's typically for large weddings as well, mm. where they may be discussing budget with you and the costs of the event to film. And you then explain, well, the bride's in a location, uh, the groom's in a separate location, so that's two of the team taken yep. up. You've got a ceremony being built somewhere, which you're going to want filmed and done properly. You've got a ballroom being filmed and done properly. Yep. So when guests arrive at, at the one location, you want to have a photographer or videographer there. It's very easily um, determined. And I feel it almost, well, in a funny way, you and I have discussed it before. Sometimes at these weddings, n no questions, we're the cheapest thing there. However expensive sure. people think we are. They, sure. The budgets are far larger for flowers than they are for the video. The video guys will work or the photographers will work all day into the night and then the work begins. We may have two or three weeks worth of work ahead well, of I that. Think, I think it's almost, and I think also when we've discussed it, we've looked at, you know, what we bring to the day. Yes. We bring, I mean, maybe I bring a bit more, I'm calm and, I'm, you know, I'm, I, can, I can read a room and whatever, but we don't bring a lot to the day. 
Yeah. We don't, you know, I mean, let's face it, like, we're not entertainment. Yeah. We can't be eaten. We, people don't look at us and think that looks pretty. Like, we don't bring a lot to the day. But we are all you're left with. And so, actually, I think, no, you're absolutely right. And I think in terms of a size of team, you're right. I think, I think, it's, I think it's hugely important that you have the right amount of people there to do the best job that you can for your clients to enjoy for the rest of their yeah. life. But that, that also does come down to budget and budget related because there are plenty of people that don't necessarily have the budgets of, of the world that sometimes we get to film in. And equally, there are some amazing photographers and amazing videographers who – but you can't expect the level of film in the same way as a, 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 one, a single man videographer or a single photographer. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll exactly get what you that get. One person can only do what one person yeah, can do. Exactly. Blake, the next question is how important um, is a relationship between photographer and videographer at an event? I think it's vital. 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 Yeah. I mean, I think actually what we're doing is not, I know it might sound ever so slightly cliche, but the truth of it is it's not for us. It's for our clients to have forever, right? So what what we want to do is, really achieve the best we can and sometimes some of the pictures that we looked at before have events that we shot together some were not together the ones that weren't together some of those I actually remember the videographers having a completely different way of working than myself so for example a couple would book me because they know that I can be unobtrusive I can stand back I can shoot with a slightly longer lens that allows them just to enjoy their moment and be themselves and have the best day ever knowing that I'm capturing it the problem is then if a videographer is filming it, let's say on a very wide lens and the videographer is right up know, close, right up close a foot. And so if they are a foot away from the bride and groom or the couple, where do I need to be? Also there. And it changes the style of my shots, the way I shoot, what I'm able to shoot, the experience of the couple. I think the synergies between uh, photography and video need to be absolutely aligned for some of these events, because for me, all we are working for is for the client and to make sure they have the best possible outcome always and that is made infinitely more difficult and it's not that we that photographers and video don't necessarily get on they always do i know for certainly when i go to an event and we we know there's a photographer there i would have either rung them before or i would go up on the day and introduce myself and say hey i'm gavin uh, my team's filming today oh, if they get in your way just give them a little tap on the shoulder mm -hmm. and try and make things all really lovely any any anything you want to tell us or you know i'll be keeping an eye on things just you know please come and tell me and i think a Great example of where that doesn't work is we shot a very, very big wedding um, a little while ago, quite a few years ago, actually. And it was a team of three photographers. Mm. And just the main thing I, I talked to around all the cameras around uh, where the ceremony was taking place said, but our main shot is right down the aisle. And by the way, no issue. As you know, what do I say? Step in, no worries. Yeah, but if back. possible... Could you just not stand there for five minutes while you look through the photographs you've just taken? Um, and they had three photographers. And at the moment of the snapping, uh, the stamping on the glass, all three photographers for five minutes stood right down the aisle, right in front of the main shot, and stood there on three different lenses Why? taking the pictures. I don't know, but what I'm saying is these things do happen. And of course, we had maybe other angles to get it from, but it just shows the synergies. That, that, that doesn't happen with us no. unless it's a... All the guests step out into the aisle, which does happen with their iPhones. Yeah. You have to move. Typically speaking, at a wedding, we never move. Yeah. We're static. We stay, yeah. and that way you can always sort of move yeah, around. Yeah, we're a bit us. more mobile in that sense. Yeah, but, but, I mean, look, it's it's uh, it's tricky, but like, yeah, it's tricky. I, I think I think the synergy is key, and it's you know everybody has to know that we're not there for ourselves. Absolutely, it always makes me laugh when people say the photographer's shots that they're, they're not my shots; they're yours, and yeah. equally the video is of the client. Right? We just need to do the best we can for them. Photographers with an assistant holding a giant flash on a stick. Necessary question mark. I've seen this at events quite a lot. I, I find it infinitely frustrating, but equally as a professional, I know, I think, why they're doing it, mm. but you don't do it. 
I don't do it. Is it necessary? I mean, look, everybody has a different way of working, right? I think it what it does it, it's useful. It's definitely useful. That's for sure in terms of in terms of throwing lights where it needs to be lit. Yeah. I mean, what we try and do something slightly different, have remote control lights in different places around the room or to work with ambient light as well. Yeah. Um I don't think it's necessarily essential. I think it does visually look very cumbersome. So that's an issue for you if you're looking at a wide shot of a dance floor and you've literally got somebody, you know, lifting well, photography in a, equipment in the air above people dancing. In a world where you want to be, you know, not noticed and reportage in yeah, style yeah. and standing back. I mean, people are going to see people holding cameras, but cameras, generally speaking, are, are quite small. Yeah. I mean, I see a couple of people holding big broadcast cameras on dance floors. And I'm still I'm still amazed that that happens. Yeah. But when um, photographers are standing there and they've got an assistant and the assistant is holding a ginormous flash above their heads, I just wonder if, if that's still necessary. I'm not a photographer, so... I think, look, different, different, different styles, styles of people. I think that's yeah. what it is. Like, as I say, it's um, it's cumbersome. And I think that when you're in the middle of the madness on the dance floor, actually what you want to be is as kind of supple as possible in yeah. terms of not having all of that kit there. Yeah. And that's what we try and do. Yep. Next question is, uh, what cameras do you use and why? Are you Nikon or Camden? You're Nikon. I'm Nikon. I've always been Nikon. Not for any reason, apart from, you know, the first camera I got was a Nikon and you, you get used to it and the operating system and the way it feels. Yeah. And you, you, you know, a lot of people stick with a brand. And you buy your lenses. You buy your lenses yeah, and they stick lenses. with a brand. But uh, Nikon mirrorless cameras nowadays... Z7-2s to be precise. Yeah. And um, no camera is perfect, but for what I do, they are extremely good. How hard is it to organise the family photographs for large groups? That's always a moment of chaos, potentially, mm. at a wedding. Potentially. Hard to deal with sometimes? Is it hard to deal with? Again, different approaches. I, I Yes, objectively, it's hard to deal with sometimes. It's something that I cope with very, very well and that I never really show levels of stress in or anything like that because actually I know that I'm doing the best I can and I yeah. know that I've got a disposition that can deal with that and that does it as well as humanly possible. I'm very good at politely shouting at people, as yeah. you know, right? I find so. it the funniest time in the wedding, actually. Oh, I'm when, glad, I'm when glad I, you. I'm glad when you I'm what, Well, because I don't have a camera in my hand, yeah. so I can step back and sometimes maybe, you know, if there's a Toastmaster there or I can, you know, help or, or help organise. But yeah. uh, seeing the chaos of where's... Where's auntie? She's yeah. at the bar. What? Yeah. She needs to be in here. Where's our cousins? So I think I think for look, it's it's prep again. Yeah. Right. Everybody needs to know. Everyone who's in those pictures needs to know where yeah. they need to go before time, ahead sure. of time. And I think the other thing for me is I'm quite quick. So if we've got a list of twenty different combinations, I want everybody who's in any of those pictures to be there before the first shot happens. And I will run through them beautifully and quickly. I think when you get to the point that we're we're on picture nine and we've got to go and get that person from the bar for picture 10, at that point, what you're doing is you're wasting the couple's time, which on a day as precious as a wedding day is a bit of a sin. So it's all about prep in advance. It's all about knowing who needs to be where and um, shouting very politely. Yeah, beautiful. Let's get to the next question. Uh, what's your favourite venue for a wedding in London? Oh, great question. I mean, there are many amazing ones. Um, I'm... Most regularly, I suppose, for weddings, I find myself at Claridge's. I was going to say Claridge's was my favourite venue. It's 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 an amazing place. It's and so classy. I quite like it. I mean, you know, we are we're, we're blessed to, to be at lots of, lots of incredible places. Yeah, uh, Claridge's is beautiful to shoot. I also find with Claridge's, it's quite compact actually. So in terms of you know where our crew room might be, where we've got our like field office, if you like, versus where the ballroom is, versus where the portraits might be, nowhere's a ten minute walk. And I think at Claridge's as well, you've got that incredible team of Matilde of Catherine, Catherine. Um, 
just to it's so seamless there it's done it's so well it's so they're so top of their game yeah mm. pretty pretty amazing is there one wedding that stands out for being a little bit different great question have you shot like a wedding on a beach where they just didn't have anything and it was just a I bit I mean I've shot lots of different types of things I think I think that my role really is to find the uniqueness in every wedding and every couple and every family and bring that out as much as I can in the pictures. So genuinely, I could sit here and name every couple whose wedding I've ever photographed. So for me, actually, there's uniqueness and there's differences in everything. In terms of something that's very, very different, there's been many. I photographed a beautiful wedding in Morocco um, a few years ago that was different, again, for where it was and the architecture and the place and and, and the surroundings of the ceremony. Um, I photographed, and we were just talking about Claridge's, my first ever male gay wedding was actually last year um, at Claridge's. And that in itself was stunning just to be in those surroundings for a, a wedding of an American couple who yeah. come over to here. So I think that there's there's uniqueness in every wedding. And I know that doesn't exactly answer the question. No, it's, but, a, but it's a good stab. Blake, it's been fabulous having you in. We've actually run out of time. If I tell you I had 16 pages of questions to ask you, and I think I did none. So we'll have to get you back for another episode, episode two. Let's do in, in another season. Love uh, to. But it's been fabulous having you with us today. If you've enjoyed uh, this season of The Secret World of Events, then do give us a like and a subscribe. You can find us on YouTube uh, to watch all the images that have been coming through. And of course, you can find us on all your usual podcast channels. That's it for season one. And we we'll look forward to seeing you again on The Secret World of Events. Great to have you here. I had decided I wanted to get into events. Don't rush into anything. Left university and pretty much went straight into it. It's just got to happen. So do what you need to to make it happen. I've, I've never been one to follow rules. We've spent a lot of time together, haven't <laughs> yes, we? Yes, we have. Always keeping up with trends and fads. How do you manage that? The expectations versus the reality of budgeting. It's always insightful to get a gauge as to what their, their reference point is with budget. Pre-COVID, I didn't know what Zoom was. You know, everything is done to a higher level. That detail Jeremy and the band and the guys will go into, by definition, makes our life easier. There's levels and levels, and that comes in the details.